Get ready to quit the build. The QTB crew is rounding up all the gaming news and hot topics of the week with a little extra something. And here are your hosts, Bruno, Brad, and Nick. What it do? You are listening to the QTP podcast. My name is Brad, and I am with the man who sings the jingles who make my heart tingle. It's my man, Nick. What's going on? We are here. Oh, oh man. Hey, there we go. We'll a little bit that of delay post. there, but we'll let that in post. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, the even even the software was so shocked by my intro, they weren't it wasn't ready for it. It wasn't ready for it. The man with the jingles that make my heart tingle. I heard that before before it went offline. Uh, appreciate yes. you, man. Um, it's great to be here. And I'll tell you, um, it, it has uh, been a really, really fun week for QTB. We just wrapped up our uh, Patreon episode we'll be talking about a little bit later. Um, but uh, a really fun week for gaming, some interesting stories, and a really fun segment to commemorate the release of Resident Evil 4. Cannot wait for that. Um, but I think the, the most important thing we have to do here before we get things started is go into our usual segment, Brad. And that's a little bit of what you've been playing so, I mean, go ahead and tell us, you know, this this past week or so, have you have been jumping into any interesting games? You know, I have finally found my way back into the Fortnite grind. Uh, the new season's here, Mega. I've been enjoying it. Uh, they just had, St. Patty's Day was last week. They had a whole slew of skins to commemorate the holiday. And, and I've been picking up some dubs. I'm just telling you. My solo game right now is on point. I'm I'm picking up at least two, three wins an evening. Yeah. I am in a groove. I've got my rotations down. I've got my loadout set. I know what I'm going for. And yeah, man, it, when you get in these grooves, it's hard not to want to play Fortnite every night. It's it's a blast. Epic knows what they're doing. It's the game that keeps on giving. And uh, yeah. you know, I, I just I enjoy the variety of skins, uh, you know, pimping out my character and dropping in and having a blast. Heck it's it's yeah. hard not to. You know, it's Fortnite is one of the only games that can do that, man, these days for me. Like I've tried to get into other games that are, you know, live service. Um, but Fortnite just has that, it has that special touch, man. You know, I see so many people that are full-time or close to it. Um, Fortnite streamers, like, of course, our resident streamer, Kung Fu Penguin, and even some people um, that I love watching, like uh, like Aaron Gray, who uh, actually got to, how to join us for the last uh, QTB Nights episode. That was a, that was a blast. Um, I get it. So m- mostly, mostly Fortnite for you? Yeah. No, I mean, I've been picking up the Switch again. You know, uh, I got the wife to Switch during the holidays. And so we've been uh, we've been just, uh, you know, enjoying the Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Mario Party Superstars. It's kind of a throwback. I mean, I grew up having all Nintendo systems all the way back to the original Nintendo, Game Boy, Super Nintendo, N64. And we had a period of time, you know, in in our younger days where all it was was Mario Party and Mario Kart. And so to be able to, you know, dive into now the more expansive set of, of backwards compatibility that Nintendo's provided through the expansion pack. That has been such a trip down memory lane. That's been amazing to do again. And now diving into those game boy games, game boy advance games. I mean, they're offering quite a bit now if you get that expansion pack. So that's been a lot of fun, uh, uh, uh you know, offline with the wife. So sure. Uh, how about you? What, what, what you've been playing? Oh my gosh, dude. Uh, you know, a lot of fun streams this week. We've been diving into the uh, the duck simulator, which if you haven't seen it, it is it is the silly. Like, it's such a simple. kind. It's not even a game. I would debate that it's not a game. You literally just have a pool. Some ducks drop into it. There's different kinds of ducks. People name the ducks. But we're on week two of it going on week three next week. And like it is a crowd favorite. Everybody who can't wait to see what the next duck is. 
uh, to name the ducks. And it is it is an experience and it's also super chill. Um, so we're going to be streaming that again on Thursday. Um, maybe Sounds I- ducking awesome. Oh, my gosh. He went there. He went there. Hold on. Yeah, I, I did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, but uh, as, as far as uh, outside of the streams, I've been diving more into um, my retro gaming collection and just kind of checking out some of the games. And one game came in that I am really, really enjoying. Um, a fun fact about the Sega Saturn was because the, the console flopped so quickly. Um, a lot of the games that were arcade ports of existing fighting games didn't make it over to the States and you had to get a foreign version. Well, my Saturn is set up so I, I can play imports. And one of the games that really should have made it over was X-Men versus Street Fighter. This game was basically one of the precursors to like Marvel versus Capcom. Um, and I mean, Marvel and and Street Fighter and you name it, uh, Capcom IPs, they were they were crossing over left and right. Um, and these games that you can get for the Saturn, man, they man. are close to arcade perfect. It, it, the, the quality of these games, and you got a six button controller by default. Um, so, I mean, it's just a ton of fun to play in short bursts. I've been having a blast. Wait, so wait, yeah. which side are you on? Are you an X-Men or are you Street Fighter? Where do, where do you land, Nick? You pick a Come team on. at two, okay? And you can cross the streams. Oh, you cross pollinate? So okay. typically I'll go like Wolverine, Chun-Li usually are my two go-tos if I'm going to play a little bit of both. But usually I get frustrated with Cha Chun-Li and then just go with Gambit because Gambit's OP. <laughs> oh, really? Okay, I like it. I like yeah. it. You, no no Guile? No Guile love for... for I need for, to try Guile. Know? I need to try Guile, but like the classic... Street Fighter boom. themes, uh, yeah. Uh, Street Fighter themes are there. Um, just a lot of fun, man. I've, I've, especially with like my limited gaming time, I just love the explosive action of a fighting game to just jump in and just give it a try. Um, so that's been that's been kind of my week in gaming. You gotta, yeah, you got to love that tag team feature too, where you can tag oh, in and yeah. out and have them come out. Like mm-hmm. that revolutionized the two D fighting game. Like to be able to do that and have a, a, a duo. And you can like, you know, I think it, do they have it where they can combo up together or like there's an ability to like work, like come in and work together or Not, I feel like I've seen that yeah, before. A lot of games have that. Um, I think Marvel versus Capcom 2 did this one. You can tag out. And it's an important feature because like you re- you regain health with the character that you were using if you keep them out for a while. So like you're incentivized to continuously tag ah. in. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's, man, it's just, it's a lot of fun. Like they, 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 they put so much love into arcade games back in those days where like you can see them at the hand-drawn frames and then just the beautiful parallax backgrounds. And, uh, you know, the, a lot of the Super Nintendo and Genesis ports, they never quite got the quality. They, they had to sacrifice in places to make it work. But with, when we, we hit the Saturn and the Dreamcast for Sega, they're like, no, no, give us, pretty much give us the game and we'll make it work. Um, so just, just a blast. And speaking of, uh, fun games here, Brad, I'm super excited because we've got a brand new segment here on the show that we are debuting, you know, every now and then we, uh, we come up with a ridiculous idea and I, you know, I I said, Hey, look, (laughs) Resident Evil four is here. The re the remake rather, um, which I think was a GameCube exclusive initially. It's getting rave reviews. Even though I'm not a horror guy, I think we have to get into a little bit of a fun segment, and it is called Rate That Thing. Rate That Thing. thing. That's right. We are going to be playing Rate That Evil to commemorate the release of Resident Evil 4. Here is how this is going to work, and we're going to get audience participation as well. Maybe they can kind of sway our votes. We're going to be rating five different types of evils here today, Brad, on a scale of one through ten. And our categories today are, we have, of course, uh, Resident Evil. We also have Evil Dead, like the entire franchise. Uh, We have Evil Twins, 
evil twins, just the, the generic concept of an evil twin in movies and TV. We have evil Knievel. <laughs> you see, you see how this works. And of course, uh, the, 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 the most evil of all the evils, the weevil. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I've seen a more eclectic, eclectic, but like on point list. This is incredible. All the, all the evils are here for you. Although I do feel like we're missing one evil. Okay. What's that? Dr. Evil. Oh, how did I miss Dr. Evil? You know, man, what, what, what would you have given Dr. Evil if he were on this list, Brad? On a scale of one to 10 of pure evil, like a three. <laughs> I was just saying, like, he's not actually that evil, is he? <laughs> I mean, the pinky alone gets two points, but after that, you know, and a point for the hairless cat. That's about it. Dude's a softie at heart. He's Dude's a softie. A softie. <laughs> That's exactly right. Okay, so we're going to be moving into our first uh, category here, and obviously the reason why we're doing this segment today is Resident Evil, right? Uh, I mean, such a such a huge storied franchise. It's got, I think, more movie adaptations than any other franchise um, in gaming. So um, I guess I'll kick things off here, and we'll we'll alternate who goes first. You know, Resident Evil. I'm not a horror guy, but I've I've seen these games. If I was going to get into a horror series, I would love to play the more action oriented Resident Evil games. Um, and I mean, you just can't beat in terms of like actual like horror and scariness and evilness, you know, the, uh, the, 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 the creatures you're going up against and that uncertainty, the tank controls of the early games that made you, you, you're playing against your own controls as mo- as much as you were playing <laughs> against <laughs> anything on screen. Right, right. You're like, I need to turn. I need to turn. <laughs> like you're just fighting yourself more than you're fighting the game. I hundred percent. Yeah, 100% exactly. Agree. Exactly. So honestly, I mean, just thinking about the uh, the impact that the Resident Evil franchise has had on gaming and the way it's influenced survival horror really in a lot of ways founded, I think, the genre of survival horror uh, as we know it today. I I think we have a very strong contender here to start off, Brad. So I'm going to give Resident Evil an eight out of ten, an eight out of ten. There you go. Whoops, that's not there we go. Okay, there we go. All right, Brad. So you're up now. Rookie score. That's a rookie (laughs) score, Nick. Come on. Let's. You didn't even throw in a decimal, okay? That's a rookie oh, score. I didn't know. I mean, you can add if you know decimals, what I'm referencing. Care. If you know what I'm talking about, that's a rookie score. You got to pump those numbers no, up. No, I'm, 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 yeah, I, I'm more or less with you there, Nick. I think you you summarize a lot of the points I was going to make when I think of a game that offers what you described. Resident Evil is one of the first one that pops in my mind. So I was going to give it an eight point five. Eight point five. Let's go. Okay. Oop. I'm going to throw you a wrinkle. I'm throwing in decimals. I hope I don't mess up your screen. Yeah, I have to. I have to make the font smaller to accommodate your uh, fancy well, pants score. Yeah, there you go. Well, it's you know, okay. I'm not mad. I don't do anything simple. I, I think our, our <laughs> listeners know that. I, I always like to throw in a wrinkle once in a while. All right. So eight and eight point five is going to give that a, a sixteen point five. Sham saying I love Resident Evil. Some of my first games growing up. Epic capture. Um, saying I remember playing the first one on PlayStation scared the life out of me so many jump scares I mean that first scene where you're going down that corridor right and you like you haven't encountered anything in the game yet so like you don't know what to expect and then out of left field that that uh, that on the dog comes crashing through the window right it's the first thing that you face if if you didn't pee your pants during that scene were you were you paying attention like (laughs) it's terrifying man You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah. Okay. So great, uh, great start here to this. Uh, so we got a 16.5 for Resident Evil, but uh, we have many other evils here left to rate. Our next category is going to be 
the Evil Dead franchise, okay? We're talking about a long, I would say maybe longer than Resident Evil as far as these movies have been getting made. Uh, new versions of these movies, um, games as well, have been coming out uh, super recently, so this is also a very appropriate thing. Uh, Brad, you know, do you have any, any? Oh, I guess I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you, I'll, I'll kick things off here for you one more time. You know, Evil Dead, I have to thank Terry, um, uh, because, aka the Dudist Monk, because he got me into Evil Dead. We had a movie watching night once. Um, and he put on one of the Evil Dead movies. And honestly, man, like I wasn't I was like, wait a second, I'm missing on I'm missing out on something here, you know, because, yeah, it's 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 super graphic and that kind of thing. But it's a lot of fun. Um, campy horror, you know, Bruce Campbell. There's a there's a comp, there's a comedic aspect to it. It's not yeah. straight horror. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that definitely adds a different element to that compared to even what we just talked about with resident evil yeah right because resident evil had movie remakes or movie uh, versions of the game like there were movies with it as well and mm-hmm. so there's definitely um a different aspect to that you know um you know with with the comedic co- it's it's a horror comedy right yep. it's not just a horror mm-hmm. okay so uh evil dead as a franchise honestly i mean it has a cult following like the people that love evil dead like they are all in on it um, I'm going to have to, uh, probably just go right down the middle here with, uh, Resident Evil and, uh, and give it the same score, Brad. I'm going a straight eight, no decimal here, two in a, two in a row for me, no decimal. <laughs> See, I, I, I am, I, from a pure evil standpoint, mm-hmm. I'm going to, because there's that comedic aspect for me, I'm going to dock it down just a little. I'm going six and a half. 6.5. Okay. 6.5. 6. Yeah, 6.5. Right. All right, so we have an 8 and a 6.5. That's going to give uh, Evil Dead here, the franchise, a, a total score of 14.5, putting Resident Evil Not here. How is that? No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I mean, it puts it in, in uh, a solid second place out of two. So really last place. So when I saw this list, this next one was the one that got me excited. Okay. The Evil Twin. The Evil Twin. Mm-hmm. I mean, how can you not, like, when I think of this, it's like when you're in a room alone and you're thinking about who you want to be in life. Yeah. You have one of two choices. It's the altruistic choice or the one when like you want to be bad. And that's who your evil twin is in the metaverse, <laughs> like the multiverse. It's going to be yeah. that you, you it's, it, you know, it's, it, it's that opposite person. It's like the personality within you that you hide sometimes. Cause you don't want people to know that you're that person yeah. or you have those thoughts. And so <laughs> this may be something slightly subjective, but man, if you get the right evil twin, that is that's like the root of evil. I'm going like a solid nine on this. Wow! Like, because they are your, your they are your nemesis, right? They are your counterpoint in the existence, right? Yeah. So they're meant to just to be the Ooh. ultimate backside, the, the shadow of who you are, and okay. so that has to be that has to be high. It has to be a nine. Solid nine from Brad. That is a strong one, and I got to tell you, Brad. Um, you know, I, w- I was trying to think about all the different uh, all the different evil twins out there, you know, the famous ones in uh, in, in movies and cinematic history. Obviously, The Shining, um, definitely one of the one of the most iconic um, evil twin scenarios. I- I- initially, I was I started to think about it. I'm thinking, well, you know, honestly, like when a TV show, you know, that's been out for a while, like starts to introduce the concept of an evil twin, two things are happening. One they're cheaping out on the budget because now you're getting two actors for the price two of one. Two for the price of one. Yeah. I promise you they're not making that much more. Two is they're jumping the shark, right? Like they've reached that point in the show where like they're coming, they, they, in order to come up with some kind of original content, they have to get super gimmicky. And so the net result is an evil twin. So initially I was thinking of going kind of low with it, but then, then 
I thought of community and probably the greatest evil twin in the history of evil twins. Yes, I'm talking about evil Abed. I mean, like just just pure, pure amazing. Evil. And like the right. fun kind exactly. of evil. The root, yeah, it's like the root of all evil. Yeah. Totally. That's a perfect <laughs> example. Yes. Evil Abed, 100%. Evil so Abed. So what's your score? Oh, okay, so uh, with all that considered, man, I'm going to go I'm going to go a solid 9 on this too, man. I think we I think we're going to end up giving this a first place a first place finish so far with a combined total of 18. Love to see it. Okay. Now, the next one. Now, this is this is this is more of the subjective side of of rate that evil. This is going to be Evil Knievel, the one and only Daredevil stuntsman. I mean, this guy has jumped everything that, that can be jumped. If it's a gap, he's probably sailed over it in a motorcycle with fire and ramps and uh, a really cool cape. Uh, I mean, my gosh, uh, did you ever see like any evil Knievel stunts like at any point, Brad? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, th- they were nationally televised. They were special events. It was like a one time thing. It's like tune in live or you miss it. Yeah. And so, yeah, totally. I mean, I I know I can recall several uh, several events where he was jumping like I don't know, like yeah, you said large gaps with huge falls. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. like it was just like oh, if he falls, he hits the ground. It's like over the Grand Canyon. <laughs> I mean, something yeah. ridiculous like that, right? Mm-hmm. Total. Yes, I'm very aware. And he's <laughs> he survived with his cape. As we know from certain movies, the cape ends up being the downfall. So to be able to jump mm-hmm. with a cape and live to tell the tale. He's doing something right. I mean, what a life. Like, I, 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 I really you can't undersell it. Right. Like it often uh, imitated, but never, never, never quite duplicated. Right. We have Epic Capture saying that. Think of what his loved ones went through. Yeah. Um, and uh, Sham saying, I'm sure his parents call him evil uh, for giving him heart, giving, giving them heart attacks. I couldn't imagine being uh, evil Knievel's parents watching that. Like I, I you'd have to almost like just not watch it. Or his wife, because his son also got into it. Mm. It ended up being, it's a family affair. Once someone does it, it typically, it's not just the one person. The family has bought into that collective hobby, which in this case is putting your life at risk to jump over large, large areas. Sure. (laughs) And and, and live to tell the tale. (laughs) That sums it up, doesn't it? Okay, so Evil Knievel, Brad, I'm going to give, I'm going to give a solid 8.5. Oh, hold on that. Yeah, I got to make it a smaller font. See, I wasn't. Is it where is our where our prototype uh, prototype rate that thing board here? It's a real chalkboard, by the way. Uh, what do you give an evil Knievel, Brad? Oh man, as much as I love him, it's not really evil. He's just got the evil in the name is kind of like a, a it's a slogan. It's a it's a it's, it's the hook to get get you involved. Okay, I'm going four and a half. I'm going four and a half. Four point five. Oh. After everything you just, I mean, this is, this is, this is the, the, the devil's Bradvocate in play. You think, you know, uh, and then you throw I mean, in a, a wild card like there's that, no man. Hor- it's not really horror. It's suspense. Yeah. And I don't think suspense registers as high on the Ooh, scale. Oh, it's not evil. We're rating that evil. Now this guy gets it. Okay. All right. And the final evil on the board today, Brad, uh, why don't you introduce our, uh, our little, uh, insect friend here. <laughs> the weevil (laughs) the uh, a beetle with the elongated snout i mean man it looks like an elephant beetle that's really what it is (laughs) so how it got the name weevil i don't know but it it is uh Mm -hmm. it is quite the looker i'll tell you that and uh uh, it uh you know it's uh Mm -hmm. you know lots of weevils out there snout for days you know what i mean so it really does i'll tell you yeah i mean it probably knows it, it probably smells when you're coming I would so, hope so. Uh, with some of these varieties of weevils, man, some of them they, they almost looks like a uh, 
like a like a mosquito, you know, uh, with the with the little snout there. Like it, it's impressive. And what I didn't realize was there's a lot of different varieties of weevils. Um, so weevils are actually beetles um, that are known for their long snouts, like you said. Um, they are herbivores. There are approximately ninety seven thousand species of weevils, um, and that is that is incredible. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Talk talk about evolution. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, we're just on like. We're on the first release, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I guess not. Maybe we're on like the fifth release, right? We go back to you know cavemen, yeah. and now we're we're, we're us. But man, ninety seven million or thousands, sorry, ninety seven thousand species. Yeah, I mean, talk about if we had that many iterations of the of humans, mm-hmm. I bet we'd be a little bit more uh, <laughs> advanced than we are today. Now, you know, since we're rating it based on evil, you might think, well, Nick, you just put the weevil in there because evil's in the name. First of all, yes. Second of all. <laughs> Yeah, we had to realize that a weevil, they can do some damage, Brad, okay, because they uh, they damage stored foods, okay, so let's say you got a pantry that the weevils get into, they bore into your foods to lay eggs, Um, this increases the heat and humidity inside the packages they infest, which facilitates the growth of mold and fungus. Uh, weevil infestations take place almost entirely inside packages of stored food, they can be hard to detect and even harder to eradicate. Epic Capture Productions is currently in the chat and says, as a personal victim of weevils, I will give it a 10 out of 10. So much rice and pasta lost. Okay, so let's let's pour one out there for for our good friend Russell, who who lost an untold amount of of rigatoni to the weevils. (laughs) We'll get some rigatoni in the mail. We'll make it happen. That is evil. So, okay. Hey, but you know what? That's uh-huh. what we need. We sometimes, and we're maybe we're. I'm on the fence here. I was, I, I was kind of teetering here, but then we get we get that support from our listeners to chime in with their stories to help us really give it the best, most accurate ranking. Mm-hmm. So, I mean. Does that swing your vote at all, Nick? What, what, where are you coming in? I mean, after hearing Russell's story, I, it definitely went higher than what I was going to give it initially. Um, I mean, you know, going into your pantry and messing up your your your, your stored food products. Nobody wants to, you know, crack open a, a box of mac and cheese and find weevils in there. OK, so I think a weevil is pretty evil, Brad. I'm going to give that weevil a 7.5. How about that? What are you, you going to give that weevil? I, I'm hearing you. You're, you're kind of right where I was in my head. So. You know, to me, this is the most realistic of all the evils on the screen, right? Not <laughs> it's, games, it's a real not evil. movies, n- not evil Knievel who's riding off in the desert somewhere. Weevils, they're in my, they're in my food. They're, a, they're a problem for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, they're not a good source of protein, so I can't eat them. Oh, so, no. so yeah, I'm weevils. going, I'm going, I'm going seven out of ten. Um, seven that's a, that's a out strong, of ten. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's gonna give our uh, our total there of fourteen point five, which means our evilest of evil is going, in fact, to the evil twin. There it is. Break that thing. Now, yeah. I know it would beat that. Okay. I know it would be would beat that. Okay. What's that? If we could have a combination of two others, mm-hmm. if we could have Weevil Knievel, <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> Weevil Knievel would be ten out of ten. I'm just saying. Ten out of ten with the little cape. 
Weevil Knievel, I'm telling you. It has to be a thing. So, surely someone has thought of this already, right? Just get yeah, like a like a weevil farm or something. <laughs> just put them on a little bike and put them over the jump. These little bikes. <laughs> you find them you find them jumping ramps in your rice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they jump from box to box in order to to uh, to infest. Yep. There you go. Okay. Well, how about there's that, one, guys? There's one in every, every you know, whatever you call a group of weevils. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you call a group infestation. Of- there's always one in every infestation. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, a hasta la pasta of, uh, of, of weevils. How about that? There you go. I mean. Mm-hmm. I mean. This was... This was better than I thought it was going to be, to be honest with you. This was great. <laughs> it's so subjective, like it's super fun. But yeah, that's our first edition here on QTB of Rate That Thing. There you go. All right. I we did like, it. I feel like the Weevil's the honorary mascot of QTB now. I really do. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if, if if Greg and Kevin weren't all right, Greg is our, one of our resident ducks there on uh, on stream. And uh, Kevin, True. of course, the uh, the birds. So, I mean, we, we've got room for a Weevil. We don't have any insects for our, our animal crew. So sure, we have our ark. We we have our ship. Okay, it's QTB's ark. Okay, mm-hmm. the, we, we do. We've got room for a couple weevils. So. We've got lore for days. Yeah, that's for sure. We've got lore. Oh man. Well, speaking of lore and a lack thereof, uh, we're going to be getting into our next story here uh, very soon. But first, of course, want to give a shout out to our amazing sponsors over at Winter Winter Live Arcade. Uh, and I got to tell you, Winter Winter Live Arcade is one of the best places to get live uh, claw machines. Um, and of course, uh, mobile games, you name it. Check them out, guys, if you haven't already, because it is a ton of fun. You get to play all, for all sorts of different prizes, and you can even exchange your prizes for tickets, which you can then pick up over um, at the winner's circle to claim for all sorts of, I mean, plushies or even electronics, you name it. You can add up those tickets and save them up with the digital games as you go. Mm-hmm. I just got my headphone stand. I got an amazing headphone stand that's got char- USB ports yeah. and chargers on it, and my and my nice headphones get to rest on that. When I'm not oh, podcasting. That's so, pretty sweet. That's pretty sweet. Only exclusively via the Winner Winner app. So there you I just go. Have to say. Yeah. I got my little phone case to my phone standy here. I got uh, I got on Winner Winner. So there you go. You know, it's uh, it's it's very practical. I love it. Um, but thanks as always to our friends over at Winner Winner Live Arcade. You can check them out. The link is in our bio or description if you're watching this um, or listening to this after the fact. Well, getting into our big story here for the week. And I, I got to tell you, yeah. you know. I was going to ask you, Nick, you got an extra 23 grand laying around somewhere? <laughs> you, you would need 23 grand and a lot of free time because uh, our story for today um, is coming from IGN, but really YouTube as well, because this is talking about um, a YouTuber by the name of uh, Gerard, who is uh, known as the completionist. So this uh, this is about what what's going on basically right now with the Wii U and 3DS shop. So to get everybody up to speed, um, the Wii U and 3DS eShops are going to be closing on March 25th, uh, as of this recording, only four days away. And we've had some warning about this for a while. I think they announced uh, like mid to late last year that this would be coming. Uh, But with it comes a lot of uh, concerns about game preservation. But specifically, um, an interesting thing happened where a, uh, I guess, you know, Gerard said, hey, I'm going to do a ridiculous thing. He's the completionist, right? He's known for... 100% 100% in games, no matter how hard they are, um, and recording content based on that. But also, in this case, he said, you know what? I'm going to download and buy every single thing for the Wii U and the 3DS uh, eShops. And as you said, he spent a staggering how much, Brad? 
we, we need statistics here. So we not okay. only need to break down the cost, but we need mm-hmm. to break down the amount of games, the storage required. I mean, we got to give a full metric breakdown. But yeah, to start off, $23,000 to buy every Wii U and 3DS eShop game before this shuts down on the 25th. But let's just let that sink in, Nick. Can you break yeah. it down? Can you tell them what that actually pans out to in terms of what? how many Wii U games... How many 3DS games? I mean, mm-hmm. wh- give them the staggering numbers. What 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 are they? It's crazy. Like, I mean, when you actually go into this story, and they they kind of break down some of the details about like how this plays out. Um, it, it works out to a total of uh, of over twenty two thousand dollars. So he had to uh, spend almost ten thousand dollars for eight hundred and sixty six Wii U games and thirteen thousand dollars and change for one thousand five hundred and forty seven three DS games. Um, and that included um, like the DSiWare, which were like apps that weren't necessarily games, the virtual console games, DLC for titles. Now, his 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 mindset was that he had to get everything that was not um, a physical or had a physical version. Right. So the eShop stuff strictly. And that if anything, that kind of sheds a light on the staggering number of games that you could only That's get. insane. Yeah. Fifteen hundred three DS games. I had no idea. I had right. no idea. Yeah, I mean, it was a very robust console, and I mean, you can see here where it, it has double the number of, of digital-only Wii U so, titles. Yeah. So, Nintendo, when are we getting that backwards compatibility on the Switch? Just just throwing that out there. <laughs> just saying, right? Like, and, and what, what, got, what got crazy about this was, like, the logistics behind it. So, basically, what he had to do was, because you could only store, like, you know, a very finite number of things on the internal memory of these two devices. So he, the, the first thing he had to do was figure out, okay, how am I going to um, actually get enough funding to do this? Because if you use your credit card over and over and over again, they're going to flag it, shut it down. They're never going to let you do it. So he had to go to like, like him and his team had to go to like a dozen different places or more to get as many uh, uh, Nintendo eShop gift cards as they would let him buy with cash. Um, and then went through the process of redeeming them one by one. You can only have like a max of $200 in your, in your wallet. So that was another hurdle they had to jump through. Download these games individually, like go through the whole purchase process. And it, I mean, can you imagine the TDM? It took him months. It took him months. I mean, I mean, this, this had to be a vision, right? This wasn't something that someone said, Hey, last week it's going to close in a week. Let's execute. This was a strategic plan with a team, like you said, mm-hmm. to orchestrate this and deliver this for, and, and the timing of this is perfect. It's right before it closes. And we are now seeing and watching and hearing about how this was done. It, it is, it's quite a feat really when you think yeah. about it. Oh, I mean, no we're talking, mm-hmm. we're talking 1.2 terabytes and, of of Wii U games and I think 260 or almost 270 gigs of of 3DS games. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we're talking significant hardware space too. I mean, like you said, that that type of memory can't be stored on some of these devices, right? So he right. had to mm-hmm. they had to figure out creative ways to make this accessible down the line, right? Yep. Yeah, they had to literally transfer them onto like a a, a ton of different uh, external hardware devices, SD cards and uh um, actual external hard drives for some of these devices. So, yeah. So, so I know, I know we've touched on it a bit before, but it's worth just an acknowledgement or a slight point, a revisit here, right? Does this outlandish kind of example of what's been done here again raise awareness about game preservation and and r- digital rights? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, 
for, for listeners who haven't been able to tune into some of our earlier podcast episodes, why don't you give them a flavor of kind of what your perspective is on that? Yeah. And so I think the move that he made with this kind of shines a light on what's happening. So he's his, his, the, now that he's completed it. Right. And it was more for the content for him than, you know, because what, what are you going to do when you have all these things? Right. Um, was right. to actually donate it to the Video Game History Foundation, which is a nonprofit that their whole thing is, is the preservation of the history of video games, preserving the code, um, finding a legal way to store everything in a way that that allows for future generations to be able to go back and actually get this stuff. Now, a lot of people criticized what he did here because they said, well, you're just doing it for cloud or whatever, even though it's there are a million easier ways to get cloud than what. And, and everyone, his name is a lot cheaper ways. Yeah. Um, I mean, and Ash, Ashley is asking the YouTuber's name is uh, the completionist um, is, is his channel. And uh, I mean, it, it is it is astounding the work that went into this. But, you know, the idea behind it is this. There are a million ways right now that you can go and get an illegal version of any of these games because the files have been dumped and placed somewhere in a way that isn't, you know, uh, is, isn't legally uh, 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 smiled upon, right? Now, what that doesn't change is that there, if you, if you want to have a legally obtained way to actually play these games, you've got to play by Nintendo's rules. And Nintendo's rules are get these games from our store by X date or else you'll never get them again. And it, it, it shows the sheer amount of content because, Brad, so many of these games that were on the 3DS or the Wii U eShop, specifically the 3DS, you can't get these games physically. They were never physically released or ported to other consoles. There are great uh, Fire Emblem games. Um, there's countless amounts of DLC that you could only get through the eShop, even if you had the physical title, um, that uh, people love. And, the, you know, if, if you have a 3DS and you didn't, you know, you, you don't make this 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 threshold to, uh, to, down, to purchase and download these games, legally on your 3DS, your unmodded 3DS, you won't be able to play them. And so there is there's two sides to the coin of like, well, yeah, it's great that there's so many people out there that are are you know ripping these games and giving you a way to play them but it's like we we can't necessarily rely on them to be there five years ten years from now whereas when you have this foundation that says we are gonna we are gonna legally acquire everything so that there is a way to preserve game history down the road i think there's some nobility to that that concept right no i i hear i mean it 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 begs the question you know what's driving the closure of you know, the storefront plat for the platforms. Like it there I don't see why if it continues to make money for Nintendo, why I mean, are we losing are 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 these game companies losing sight on, like you said, crip the preservation of old consoles of old games, especially, you know, exploring various DLC formats, right? Like mm-hmm. are we are we losing are we gonna have gaps in our gaming history when we look back on this and say things were closed prematurely? Right. And 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 are these you know what what's another way I don't know, maybe there's a better way to approach this and just saying, hey, we're we're shutting down these digital storefronts. These games are going away. I hope Nintendo at least is also got them in their files somewhere that if they want to down the line, they can make it accessible, even though they're not selling it anymore. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It just seems, it seems kind of like a random decision. I don't, I don't know what's driving right. that from a, from a business standpoint for Nintendo. I'm sure the bean counters just looked at it and said, you know, it's not, it's not worthwhile to keep the lights on, but like, here's the thing, like how much is it costing them to keep them available for download though? It can't be that much. And like, I, my, what blows my mind about it, Brad, is, and I'm hoping 
that like there's enough shareholder influence that like when when you have a single YouTuber throwing twenty two thousand dollars at them to get everything before it shuts down, it's creating kind of a of a panic, right? Like a lot of people like I I thought about like like should I get a three DS and like get the games I've heard are like must haves and there are some on there. Um, and, but at the same time, it's like, I, I hope they get so much revenue on the next quarterly report from the 3DS and Wii U eShops that their shareholders are like, what is wrong with you? Go turn those servers back on. <laughs> Even if they get like a hundred or a thousand people to do this, right? I mean, yeah, you're talking significant coin, right? You know, $23,000 a pop. It, it, it's a, it's a quick ride up to, up to the millions. So <laughs> You're right. Um, but yeah, Epic Capture uh, also put in a great point there in chat of vintage games are now art. They're not just nostalgia. Um, and that's the right way to view it. Museums are more and more are embracing the art form of of these games. And look, if you're going to have an art, you know, uh, uh, installation that's going to display something, um, it better be attained legally because I, you know, whether or not it's um, uh, available, it doesn't change the fact that Nintendo is still going to come knocking when when it's legally advantageous for them to do so but you know you brad you would ask like when are these games coming out for the switch that's that's the question right you know the the switch online obviously they want to move us into a subscription model right to make long-term revenue off of their other classic games but it's a drip it's a drip feed and so far the the most advanced we've gotten is the n64 because you can fit a lot of those games onto a switch but you know you talk about gamecube games wii games wii u games the size of these games goes up and up and up to the point where like is it really practical to have a one app that's going to give you access to you know 30 40 gamecube games for example um so i really do have to wonder if if any of these 3ds titles are really going to get justice but, but if game pass can do it why can't switch online do it thank you I don't know. I don't know, Brad. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm not, I'm not trying to two game passes <laughs> horn here, but like yeah. that you're right. This has to be the motive. If they're going to pull them off of the shop, then it's got to be because they're looking to port these or create some way that they're going to be accessible to uh, switch. And it's going to force people to get on that subscription model and pay monthly or pay yearly to play them. And mm-hmm. Hey, you know what? I'm here for it. I'm already on board. So if it comes my way, I am more opportunity for me there you go okay yeah and epic capture says boom mic drop there you go i mean look brad if if anyone's gonna gonna get gonna tell it like it is with nintendo um it's gonna it's gonna be brad so good job man i i do appreciate though the attempt here i think it does raise a little like you said awareness and and although somewhat egregious to spend twenty three thousand yeah. dollars i mean i think you know i mean that's uh it's getting a lot of publicity. I mean, Mm -hmm. it really is, right? I mean, it's being talked about quite a bit right now. So, uh, you know, I I think it it warrants this discussion. I think others in the gaming community should really be thinking about now going forward. I mean, look at you. You were were on a a retro console um, kind of journey right now. You've acquired a few recently. And and that's another part of that is you you see the value and, and, and um, reobtaining those those older consoles and, and and reliving and having that experience to fall back to in the future. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah, and the difference is I can do that. You know, any game that I remember fondly is going to be accessible in a way that that I can get. Now that's not always true. I mean, there were attempts like in the in the 90s or so to have you know digital only. There was some even like weird weird experiments with like satellite ba- based like getting the games like downloaded to your um to the older consoles like 
interesting stuff and some games were only available that way but you know 99.9% of them I can you know if I'm willing to 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 pay the right price which is usually not true um I can get a uh you know an original copy of a lot of these games um you know the, the price of retro games that's a whole different conversation but I really do feel bad for the gamers of 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 tomorrow that you know they're they're going to look back at this and be like man the only way that I can play this game is not how I originally remembered it on the on the hardware and the methodology of playing that I remember. Yeah. We're going to have a generation of gamers who knows nothing different than just to go to game pass or Nintendo online and pick their game. Mm -hmm. Right. We're going to lose where, you know, the digital movement is, is eliminating those days of waiting in line at a GameStop or at a target or at a Walmart to get in and get that, like the, out of the 10 hard copies of a game that they got in stock that day, you were one of the (laughs) ones that got your hands on it. Right. And then you got to walk home with it in hand or, you know, I've got friends and family who are really into the, uh, the stuff that comes with the game, not just the disc, but like the, the, the book and the game art and, 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 and the instructions, like there was, there's developers who spend a lot of time in making those really nice and and those are art as well they're not just a a basic instruction guide there was there was some design elements to that to make that feel like a cohesive package Mm -hmm. right so i mean i think there there's parts of that i mean you know even the old nintendo 64 boxes those things were those things were a piece of art you know they weren't small yeah. Right. You know, I, so I, I think there's something that we lose even in the packaging and the experience of opening a game and pulling it out and sticking it into our console that now you just click a button and you're in the store and, you know, uh, microtransactions add up fast. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they definitely do add, fa- add up fast. If only there was a way to get a massive amount of content for a very small price. Oh, wait a second. How about our QTB Patreon? There you go, guys. Thank you so much, as always, to our QTB and Fuego supporters. I'm talking about Epic Capture Productions, Matt.bat, Caitlin, Courtney, Megan, Ashley, and Andrea. And our QTB Plus supporters, Nick Nick, the Dudist Monk, Indie Gamiacs, Alan Abadessa, Mr. Grove Games, the Intergalactic Pinecone, Fluffy Bunny, Terry the Kitten, and Maddie. If you want exclusive content you can't get anywhere else like our super exciting Anything Goes podcast, QTB Nights, um, and so much more, including merchandise and even your name on our site for the $5 tier, QTB Plus tier and up. Guys, supporting us on Patreon is the way to do it, right, Brad? Yeah, and no pun intended here, but it keeps the lights on for our digital storefront and platform. We're not closing shop anytime soon. It's thanks to you guys. So, we're not delisting. You know. <laughs> we're not delisting. No, on the show. we're not. No. <laughs> That's good news. But uh, yeah, check it out today. Um, and of course, that QTB and Fuego tier gets you access to exclusive merch that you cannot get anywhere else. So don't miss it. If you want to go there, it's patreon.com slash quit the build. Um, again, tiers start as low as $2. The link on TikTok is in our profile. Um, and you, the link is in the show notes for everyone else. Just check that out again. Thank you so much for your support. Well, my gosh, Brad, you know, it, what a fun episode here. You know, I, um, I, I was wondering how our, our rate that thing would go, but, uh, congratulations to our rate that thing winner, uh, of, uh, my gosh, uh, evil twins who, who knew evil twins could beat out resident evil pretty handily too. Yeah. I'm just going to say, shout out to Weevils. I'm walking away feeling like we- Weevils are my thing now. They're, they've got, I've got some love for Weevils. Shout out for Weevils. I, you know, I, I, you know, Russell's story, if it happened to you, man, that's, that's horror. Horror is opening up a box of pasta, you know, for, to, to get dinner, dinner ready. And, uh, there's an, there's an equal amount of shells and Weevils. That's, that's real horror. 
I mean, <laughs> the devil in your pantry. <laughs> that just sounds creepy. Like, like the more we go down this road, I'm, I'm, we, we, we need to make sure we stop at some point. The so. heebie-jeebies. Yep. But sh- sh- shout out to Weevils, man. Shout, and out, shout to out to Weevils. Weevils. There is a Weevil Knievel out there somewhere. Somewhere. So. The world's best insect-based stuntsman. I mean, if, if, if you can have a flea circus, you better believe there's a Weevil Knievel somewhere out there. Well, you. That needs to be like a, a like a short, an animated short, Weevil yeah. Knievel. It'd be hilarious. Yeah. You could come up with it because then you'd have like um, the pole vaulter would be a stick bug or like a stick. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, because it'd be a, like you could have a whole slew of, of, of animals at the circus or bugs at the circus that would be all, yeah. you know, themed. <laughs> I, I see it now. I'm pitching Some- an idea. Someone at, uh, someone at all these animation studios, take note, <laughs> make this happen. Somewhere out there in in podcast land, entomologists, it's just like, you know what? They're right. (laughs) Fire up the GoPro, (laughs) the very tiny GoPro. (laughs) The micro pro. Oh, my gosh. Micro GoPro. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been fun. (laughs) All right. We'll we'll, uh, we'll catch you next time here on. It's it's quickly going off the rails, Nick. (laughs) Wrap it up. Let's get out of here. Okay, let's do it. Until next time, everybody. For Brad, I am Nick. And for Nick, I'm Brad. Peace out. What it do. Quit the bill.